What up, everybody? Beacon here, welcoming you into Quest for 100, Episode 10, where the Big Papa Matt and I talk about recent movies we've watched and our new favorite movie of 2018, Hearts Beat Loud. So thank you for joining us on our quest to watch 100 films in theater here in 2018. Thank you for the five-star reviews, for the subscribes, the likes, the comments. Uh, We really appreciate it, and we want to keep that conversation going outside this podcast. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the quest for 100. I'm going on an adventure! You may quest the way you like, I will quest the way I like. What? Is your quest? This is the first stop on your first quest. We shall go together. What kind of a quest? Ancient seer who helps many on their quest. If it's for the quest, we will do what needs to be done. Will be my quest. For the quest. Your quest. Let us quest! This quest sucks. Episode 10. We finally made it to double digits. Quest for 100. Episode 10. It's here. It's ready. It's happening, B. What's up, dude? I'm waiting for syndication. Syndication. <laughs> it's on its way. It's on its way. I get that syndication money. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Nice to talk with you again. Uh, we have got a list of movies to chat about, man, but one yeah. that I can't wait to talk to you about. I've been waiting for this episode because um, uh-huh. when I first watched it, it was still, I mean, it's, it was almost two weeks before you got to see it. And all I wanted to do yeah. was talk to you about it and talk to you about how great this film was. And how amazing it is. And that is Hearts Beat Loud. If you are in a city, a town where this is playing anywhere near you, you have to go and watch this film. Yeah. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Yes. Um, any way you can get your hands on it, watch it, watch it, watch yes. it. And support it is the big thing. Yes. Do not go rip this somewhere. Go and find this in a theater to watch it and sit down and enjoy it with people around you. A million times, yes. And then when you get out of the theater, before you start your car... Go ahead and download that album. You can go to Amazon.com. <laughs> you can go right from our from our Amazon link at MalinceHyphenCorp.com. Go ahead and buy yourself that album because you won't be able to stop listening to it. Yes. That's where I've been for the last week and a half. Oh, um, absolutely. So this is the Quest for Hearts Beat Loud. Quest for Hearts Beat Loud, episode 10. Um, Yeah, I cannot wait to just absolutely gush over this movie because it – um, especially in a in a summer that's been really, let's be honest, like May to June hasn't been the greatest uh, run of movies. Um, well, we just haven't had the hit yet. Of, we haven't had the hit yet. Yeah, yeah. It's been a whole lot yeah. of just eh, eh. Yeah. I mean, you know, Infinity War was supposed to be one of the big ones in May, and it just eh. You know, Deadpool was supposed to be this amazing movie, and it was eh. It was it was good. It, it was, was good. good. It was good. No, absolutely it was great. I haven't had a great movie in a while, and to be able to run into that movie. And by the way, you said if it's in if it's in theaters like in your city, I'm gonna just say this right now. Screw that. If it's within like an hour's drive of you, well worth it. Yeah, and I I'll drove 25 miles to to be able to go see it in a very small. Well, we'll talk about it later, but yeah. I'll tell you my my experience because it's worth documenting uh, <laughs> uh so i think i think the plan then is let's we'll talk about uh what movies we've seen since last time we we chatted and then i think we'll just end this episode just talk it all about hearts beat loud and why and really stumping for this movie of why you should go watch it I agree, and and honestly, the last the last great movie that I think I saw this year before this, you know, and it's it's been a good ten plus 
even more movies shoot maybe 15 plus was quiet place man like that's the only yeah. thing that even gets close to me on this one so. um i mean yeah i'm looking at my list right now because on so on my list i've rated them so i can quickly look and see um i've got a whole lot of threes fours and even a even a five in there yeah um and i got a, my last good great movie was quiet place uh back in week 13 man. yeah so. back in april back in april so and that just and that goes to a lot of what how this film was made what was going on here shout out to brett haley the director and writer yeah. of this film um just we amazing yes oh my oh. god dude keep this rolling so let's talk about some other stuff though let's get into yeah, some yeah. of the other boring stuff before we get into the great and i shouldn't say boring they I actually watched some good movies recently yeah, uh, yeah. but this by far you know quite or um Quiet place. Uh, hearts beat loud. It takes the cake for sure. So, uh, since last we spoke, I have watched. I can only imagine. Um, Will you be my neighbor? Sicario, Day of the Soledad, uh, Hearts beat loud, um, and the uh, the Jurassic. first Purge, Jurassic World, and then yeah. also uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Which I don't think we're gonna get to all of that today. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll definitely chat about a few of them. We'll save some. Yeah, I. Um... Last we left off, uh, last thing you had seen was Incredibles 2, which was the f the next first move, next movie I watched on my list. Um, so uh, Ocean's 8 is where I last left off um, on the cast. So I watched Incredibles 2. I watched uh, Jurassic World. Uh, I watched Tag. Um, I saw a interesting Japanese uh, animation movie, Lou Over the Wall. Mm hmm um and I, of course i watched hearts beats loud i watched uncle drew um and then i saw ant-man and wasp yeah i, I <laughs> i'm like looking at films i need to go yeah i got i'm behind i'm behind about seven films right now and i need to go watch wow. and i'm like uncle drew and then I'm, i remember it's a Kyrie irving film and i don't want to support that guy so, oh. <laughs> so uh, it like hurts me to think I, i'm gonna go support him by watching his movie well, let's start with it then since we're on on uncle drew yeah. um I so I like the Kyrie Irving commercials where he plays Uncle Drew. Mm -hmm. um, I I just I think it go for me it goes back to the early '90s with Larry Johnson doing Grandmama. Grandmama, uh, you know what I mean? When you got that NBA, uh, you know, elite NBA player that dresses up uh, as an old person. I, there's just something about it that I that I that's endearing to me. Um, the here's the thing: I, I gave the movie a three. Um, it was good, not great. Yeah. Um, it it had some really funny moments, and it had some really dull moments. Mm. Um, but it what was really cool is, and I'm a big NBA fan, so what was really cool is you had you had NBA players like Nate Robinson, little Nate Robinson playing uh, boots, <laughs> one of the old dudes, and then of course you had Shaq, and I'm a huge Shaq yeah. fan. Reggie Miller, yeah. Reggie Miller playing uh playing one of the characters. Um, you had Chris Weber, you had and Chris Weber, and then you had uh Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie, yep. And Lisa Leslie was amazing of course. Good for her. Uh, as always, she's amazing. Um, but Shaq Shaq was so funny, dude. Like every single time I saw it because he played the Kung Fu guy. Mm -hmm. And so every time I saw his face, man, it it was just it was hilarious. And the ending of the movie was probably the funniest part of the movie was the very ending and it has a moment with Shaq and it's uh 
Um, yeah, it's All probably right. why it's PG thirteen instead of uh, PG. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to check it out here. And actually, I'm gonna have to to try to catch up. I, I'm gonna <laughs> have to. I have to literally watch everything out in any language I can find it in to try and catch up here. So yeah, subtitles be damned. Yeah, no, no time to be picky. <laughs> uh, Bollywood. I have a theater that plays a lot of Bollywood flicks, and I'm I'm just gonna go watch those now and and enjoy yeah. what I can. So might as well yeah uh so tell me how did you like uh i can so I only imagine you tell me about your experience i can only imagine i want to talk about this film because i we had talked a little bit about it a couple of episodes back how um dennis quaid i got sold on an interview i saw with dennis oh. quaid on this and i all of a sudden i was like really struggling to find it again and then it popped up at like a dollar theater near me that was you know it's the it's the movies the you know, I don't know. They're probably pirating him off of something, and we're paying to watch him in this theater. For all I know, um, no, they they license them. <laughs> I know that I know they have to, but it's just one of those things. Like this, it feels like it though. Yeah. You would. That's the thing. Like this thing, they still had Quiet Place playing. Like they still had. Yeah, mine, mine still has Quiet Place as well. Yeah, but they also had like Peter Rabbit on there you know like they yeah. you know they had some like real they had some films no that it's, it's been deep it's been deep some of these flicks they've been out for a while <laughs> so black panther by the way oh there you go Which yeah is amazing. that's awesome yeah. I, <laughs> I think mine might have just dropped that like maybe a week or so ago and it's probably. still making money i guarantee you oh you know it is you know <laughs> it is so i can only imagine yeah. i was watching this and you know here's the cool thing about this movie is they're the two actors in that film Quaid and the gentleman that plays across from him, his son, those guys, the, every time the screen is on those two in the same scene in that house, there is nothing but raw, pure emotion on that screen. And it is, it's heartfelt, it's terrifying. Yep. And and I mean terrifying. Like there, you have there is fear. When J. Michael Finley. J. Michael J. Finley. J. Michael Finley was he was he's been a Broadway actor for a while, and it's yep. good to see him taking on this. Um, Quaid Dennis Quaid terrifies you early on in this film when he and whenever he walks into the room, you literally you hold your breath when he is on the screen, and he is so good at playing this abusive father. And J. Michael Finley, you know, bless his heart, man, because that had to have been really intense to be on the scenes and in the movie and and just on set with Quaid when he was in those moments. Because there, I mean, I don't know how they pulled off some of that stuff without people getting hurt in some of those scenes, because yeah. it is brutal, it is vicious, it is it is visceral to watch the abuse that occurred in that the home. Plate? The plate, yes, absolutely. With eating breakfast in the morning, and you know, you catch a plate, you know, catching a a a rotten jug of milk to the back of the head. You know, there's just there are scenes in there when he comes in the room, and and the child is terrified, listening to his music, you know, hoping and praying that he's not going to catch an ass whooping. Uh, you you know, there it is just terrifying to have to watch Quaid on the screen for probably the first hour of that film. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen that from him before. Like, I've always known Quaid. He's always been a really, really good actor. I've always really enjoyed him on films. You know, he's a great. He'll go down in history as one of the greatest of all time, for sure. Um, with things, you know, like The Rookie and Feel the Dreams. You know, that stuff is it's legendary. Yep. This is another level of why yeah. he'll go down that way. Because this is a character that you don't put someone like Dennis Quaid in. You don't put a big name like that in there 
especially kind of during these times where we're seeing so much of, you know, the Me Too movements and things like that. And I don't think you have a lot of actors that would even want to put themselves in this position to be playing such an abusive, terrifying yeah. father figure. And Quaid not only kills it, but it kind of embraces it. And it's just amazing to watch. And that overall had me super hooked into this film just because I could yeah. not peel my eyes off the screen when he's on the film. But then to flip it and have the whole that whole almost second half of the film the, be yes. completely different version of that character and, and having to redeem himself and that last thirty minutes though is where oh. this movie b makes itself. The, the, oh, yeah. This last thirty minutes is the parts where it had to get pulled off perfectly. It had to get pulled off in such a way where there was redemption, there was heart, there was forgiveness in this movie because you know this is a, a christian based film and that's perfectly fine i i honestly that, that was not even in my realm of thought or knowledge in any of this but what was the best part about this was is you went to seeing this forgiving heartfelt character in j michael finley and this abusive yep. terrible character with dennis quaid and that last 30 minutes you saw that abuse that terror that anger switch into j michael finley and you watch those yeah. roles reverse and yeah. that right there was where this movie went like holy shit this is great this is yeah. great film all of a sudden because he's taking it out on the girlfriend and yes. like his just band like, and everybody going back within himself and isolating himself and just, dude yeah that it's a super emotional movie but i i loved it dude i was a I, huge fan um super strong three for me in the tier systems very strong three. super yes. strong three it could have hit two honestly the the reason why it didn't quite hit two is because i wasn't super sold on them kind of bringing in some of the the country singers and things like that and some of the gospel characters in and i just didn't really buy a lot of those reactions and and some of that the 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 <sighs> I, I didn't really buy some of that stuff and here's, it, the, yeah. here's the funny part right so like uh you know i'm i'm I'm, I guess if you were to label me, you'd probably label me like evangelical Christian, whatever. Um, uh, anyway, I don't want to get too deep <laughs> yeah. into this conversation, yeah, but no. um, I grew up. So like when they bring like, uh, um, see, I can't, Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith on, like, I know those, I, they are like icons, like absolutely like icons. That's of what, and I, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you even like the, the the casting of those actors and they're pretty similar in appearance as well like they actually was a pretty dang good job of picking uh the actors so that was cool for for me i was like oh man i know those those people i didn't know that was part of this story you know yeah how cool is that for him to be able to like be recognized by these people that he grew up like listening to you know that were an inspiration to him and then for his song to be an inspiration to someone like an Amy Grant to be able where she's like, I listen to this song, you know, every day every while I was day. dealing yeah. with this situation. And you're like, dang, dude. So it's just really cool about it. What's funny is we're starting talking about, I can only imagine, which is about music and how music can um, just reach the, the it can, it, it, honestly, of, of the human heart, you know, and we're gonna get with that yeah. too, with Cars Beat Loud. It's, it's kind of a cool bookend. But the bigger thing with music, though, and, and I, yeah, you're right. This is going to be kind of a cool bookend, not even planning this or anything like yeah. that. But 
what's really cool about you know and what both of these films do and they do it in such different ways but they do it in the right ways and there's another movie i'm going to talk about that talks about it as well is there there are points where people need things to help them heal to help them uh to make cognizant and to um uh kind of process feelings yeah. and and pain and hurt and emotions and that is what this film did really really well and i can only imagine is it it showed what music and release and having those angers and feelings and heartbreaks and all those different things and all those emotions that will run through you at one time and how those can be focused into something great and beautiful and fantastic and that was my biggest thing about this film is it did two things and it showed how spiritual how healing how um therapeutic music yeah and forgiveness can be and uh-huh. I think the overall theme of that forgiveness was what was so powerful for me. And I can only imagine, and I'm not going to sit yeah. here and I, I would love to rant more about this film. Cause I really, I really enjoyed it. And it's, it would have been a tier two if some of the people around it had been a little better. Like, I think if you just put Amy Grant and a couple of those characters, if you could have just got them in this film, yeah. it may have, it may have just broke it for me and put me in that moment. Right. Um, but it, it just didn't, it was a, it's a super solid, hard tier three, um, that, that was sniffing tier two really well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's good. Almost great. Yeah, absolutely. Almost. Absolutely. And this, this to me, this move, this movie right here, what it really, it reminded me of a lot mm-hmm. is when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a very Hispanic household. We had listened to a lot of music. We watched a lot of movies, but a lot of the movies we watched were, these great songs and cultural films. And I think this is hitting that great musical cultural film for, you know, Christianity and some of those other things, but just anybody in general, you're going to love this story because it felt like stuff like La Bamba, like a Selena tile story where you had great music that you know, that you're familiar with, that you love, and you got to see a great story behind it. And that's this hit though, that level of those films with me. Yeah. And to know it's a true story too. Absolutely. Is super inspiring. Um, that like things like redemptions like this really are possible and nobody's too far gone to to be redeemed. And that I mean, that's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment to yeah. hold on to for anybody. So And it doesn't matter what, what your beliefs are, what your thoughts are, where you hold yourself and, and what you put a label on or someone else puts a label on you for. It's it's available and possible in, in any way, shape, and form as long as you're processing those emotions the right way. I, th- I and I think we're on the right. I think we're on the right kind of feeling right now to talk about the next movie. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to go see it tomorrow. I've been I've been trying to get to it, but it's it's limited release, mm. so it's hard for me to find it. But I, I want to hear just some quick thoughts about uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Yeah. So "Won't You Be My Neighbor" is uh, it's the story of Mr. Rogers, and honestly, I grew up. So I did not grow up a Sesame Street kid. Yeah. I grew up a Rogers kid. So I remember Mr. Rogers a lot more than I remember Sesame Street um, and anything else. Um, I, I was really young. I, you know, he was definitely in syndication by the time I remember really watching anything on TV. What I do remember with Mr. Rogers is I do remember him having, and what's really cool is I remember some of his big moments, right? Like when he would come and talk about certain things, like I remember like a, the sit downs where he would just kind of talk, you know, and he would have moments. And that is a really cool thing that they talk about in this film. And the, the there's three things that they do amazingly well in this story. 
is one, they tell you the tale of what Mr. Rogers and who he was and what he was about. Um, how he was a pastor before he started uh, getting into, well, he was he was in TV prior, then went to study and to be a pastor, and then came back to TV because he got dragged back by PBS saying, we need you to speak to children again because you do it so well and they learn from you and we need someone to help teach children how to process emotion just you know like anything else would and what was great with that is he spoke to children in a great way and there's a great quote from the film and i'm probably going to butcher the shit out of it but he talks about people look at kids as kids and they see them as children and as people who have no idea what they're doing and what's going on and the problem with that is they have just as deep just as thoughtful and just as feeling emotions as anyone else and if they're not taught how to process those, how to think about those, and how to speak about those emotions, that is the worst and most hurtful thing that can happen to kids is them not being able to speak about what they're feeling. And what he did really well is he taught kids how to speak about their feelings. And what was really cool and the second part of it is, is they brought people around that were on that show every single day. The sound guys, the producers, the showrunners were on that show every day that he did it, and they dispelled some rumors. They brought some other things to light, and the biggest part of that is they went up and defended Mr. Rogers for all of the hurtful things that people try to say about him and what he did. And the third thing that it did so amazingly well is I met a guy, and shout out to James, um, a 68-year-old man in that theater. It was me and him in this theater. Um, and this guy at the end of the film, I was like, Hey man, what do you think of the movie? And he could not answer me because he was so choked up about what he'd saw and what he'd watched and what he'd seen because he told me, you know, we sat down during the credits and we just talked like him and I had a conversation oh, That's awesome, dude. Two yeah. completely separate generations, a dude I'd never met in my life. And once again, shout out to you, James, I know you're not listening to this, even though I told you to check it out and I know you won't, but it's okay. Um, but he remembers growing up with that. And he remembers being a young man during the Kennedy assassination and Mr. Rogers talking about the Kennedy assassination mm -hmm. and Mr. Rogers talking about killing and war and Vietnam and coming back and talking about terrorism and 9-11 and being able to speak to so many generations. And it brought him back to sitting in front of the TV, watching it himself as a child, having his kids watch it as children and grandkids, even watching this as kids, you know, he remembers this stuff and he remembers how much it meant to him to hear it. And he loved that this film spoke about what Mr. Rogers true intentions was. And it wasn't about to entertain kids. It was about to teach kids and help them learn. And that was the cool thought part about, uh, won't you be my neighbor? Awesome. Awesome. And it's not too often that you get an actual documentary in the big on the big screen. So that's and yeah, and this is, you know, this is a cool. this is a documentary in the thinnest of words, honestly. Okay. It, it was great, but it, it was a documentary styled film kind of, but at the same time, just a great film about Mr. Rogers. Nice. What'd you what did you uh, put uh I, I would put I honestly this this right here um man i hadn't put it in anything spot. but it's on the spot and at the top of my head I'm, I'm gonna give it a two because there were you had some great laughs you had some great moments 
um honestly there were there were parts the thing is i walked out of that theater and i was truly inspired and honestly it was it made me yeah. think about how i can use my platforms to help in in encourage people and, and have people awesome. speak and, and think you know and, and it, it, it's it's crazy how that worked that's awesome that's amazing yeah love it um oh let's see well, we're gonna hold that off for later so um so you've already seen tag yeah i already watched tag what'd you think i would watch tag um i i give it it's a solid three i mean there it's a go. solid three it was a lot of fun yeah i agree um i, I had a lot of good moments I had a lot of funny moments um and definitely that twist at the end was not expecting like that to be part of the movie so <laughs> yeah like with ed helms character yeah, was not absolutely totally Probably was had caught me off guard, so wasn't expecting it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, what's her name? Oh, I'm gonna butcher it. Ah, the redhead. Man, what is her name? Oh, Isla Fisher. Yeah, Isla Fisher. <laughs> it helps. Hey, she was she was awesome. Yeah, she was fantastic in that movie. She and did great. Just so funny, like so. She probably the funniest moments i think for me like came from her character i agree uh, yeah she she was clutch in that film for yes, sure dude. yeah it was, a lot. it was so it was a lot of fun it was uh, and yeah like i said surprisingly out of nowhere you got some heart out of that film that kept that in tier three for me so next one i watched was so this this movie i'll talk about this real quick it's called lou over the wall it's a animation from japan um but it it was I don't know the backstory on the 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 dubbing of it, whether it was actually originally recorded in English or if it was just re-recorded, but it was I couldn't tell that it was does that make sense? Like I I couldn't tell you that until the it animation was, was for a, Japan or Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looked audiences. yeah, it looked like it was made for English. So and it very well could be. I don't know the the entire history. Um, and it was an interesting movie. Um, I, I had fun with it. It was a good flick. Uh, it's like it's about this like this like Japanese town that's almost like isolated, mm -hmm. and it's a fishing town, and uh, they have this weird relationship with mer people. All right, where they think that mer people are like evil, and so they've created this wall to separate themselves from it. And then they basically Lou is a mer, you know, a mer woman, and so she connects. And what's really funny, I just thought about this. I can't. This is crazy, Matt. Um, it this movie is all about music. Really, that's <laughs> so cool. It is all about how music music ends up bringing the two together. Well, and in "Won't You Be My Neighbor," they talk about how Mister Rogers actually wrote and composed all the music for those shows. Oh, that's rad. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we, like we are, we are too spur of the moment to plan these things out. I really mean that. like uh, the most planning I did was I pulled up IMDb just to make sure I had some names right. Yeah, for... and that's the first time we've ever done that. So yeah, like... usually we're stumbling across it or we pause and we go yes. find it and we come back. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Lou over the wall. It's it's it was a fun movie. It was in my actually it was in the dollar theater. So I don't. It, but it was a 2018 film, so I'm not sure where it came from it just popped up and i was like well i'm gonna check this out and it was it was a it was a decent movie nice it was it was, a, it, was it was good not great right there you go um oh so i did not see this i was going to go see what'd it. you rate uncle drew again did you say uh it's just a three okay no worries it's a, it's a three 
probably a low three at that, but yeah. um, but I had fun with it. It, it very slow at the beginning, by the way, on Uncle Drew. It took about 20 minutes before Uncle Drew even shows up. And then when he yeah. shows up, he does the whole like hold my nuts scene and that mm. <laughs> you finally get into some comedy where it, it, it starts to get fun. It starts moving. What do you think yeah. of Incredibles too? Because I talked about Incredibles 2 oh. in the last episode. Um I think I was generous in giving it a three, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was not that. a I was not a huge fan. Um, here's here's what I will say about Incredibles too. Um, needed more Jack Jack. That was the best parts of the movie. Was <laughs> yeah, and see, that's where my thing is. Like, Jack I'm Jack like, buck, they dude. they rode Jack Jack so hard that I was like, oh. I was like, I'm done with this, right? Like, um, um, it was 30 minutes too long. Yeah, I, for sure. That's probably the best way I can describe it. Is um, 30 minutes too long? I can't believe that. I don't. I don't want to trash talk because it, it's. It was. I still gave it a three. It's a good movie in my opinion. Um, but for taking so long to put it out, I, that's what got me. Is it? It took a long time for us to get it. We finally get it. I'm excited. I'm super hyped for it. And then I walk out and I'm like, that wasn't that good. No, it, just, it wasn't. It wasn't that good. It wasn't. Um, and that sucks. Yeah, and that's what the thing. It, it was just like ah so much around, be great you know yeah well yeah. and so much around it was really good you know like so much of the music the action sequences the animation yeah. were i mean the, some of the best stuff you'll see ever on yes. the big screen and animation wise absolutely but there was just nothing heartful about it and for some reason i remember like the first incredibles having some heart yeah and, and this one and i, I just did not feel that at all and I didn't mind like the whole story of like mom taking over superhero and her getting kind of the spotlight while while dad has to you know take care of the kid. I didn't mind that at all. Like I thought that was a that was actually not a not a terrible approach, right? Yeah, now, for sure. Our days and time, let her have the spotlight. Like super. I thought that was great. Cool idea. I yeah, thought that was awesome. Just I just think that was a great idea, and then I, I don't I don't know what they did with the rest of it. You know. <laughs> kind of just didn't it just didn't hit the right notes for me now with that being said i went with you know i took my kids to it um kids and my wife and my my buddy went with us um and my my oldest was like that was better than the first one and i was like whoa blasphemy someone wants to walk home tonight uh i didn't really do that but (laughs) um but that surprised me so you know, and and my youngest was like, "Oh, it was a really awesome movie." So, you know, maybe it was just geared more towards the kids than towards the adults, like we normally see. With it feels like a lot of movies, animated movies nowadays are. It feels some like of the there's jokes and things are geared towards adults, yeah. and maybe this one was just straight up geared for the kids. And if that's the case, more power to them. Yeah, like, for sure. Can't, can't argue with that. No, nope, I mean, absolutely. I want to see a, a PG movie, so. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're on your hundred percent. So, yeah, it is what it is, though. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Tell me about so. Tell me about Sicario. So Sicario, Day of the Soledad. So first of all, I'm a huge fan of the first Sicario. Like I would, that's a strong three, even close into two territory for me. Like I love the first Sicario. First one's based on true story too. Yeah, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of that first one. Like I really am. Like I can't. I love that movie. I, I was really surprised by it. it. Came out of nowhere for me, which was really cool too. I was not expecting that good of a film. Benicio del Toro. But then once it? you start looking well, at it, and you're like Josh Brolin, Benicio del Toro, um, uh, lady from Quiet Place. So I can't think of her name right now. Uh, 
Krasinski's wife. Why am I blanking yeah. on that? Um, Who is an amazing actress? Yeah, she way. is, and I'm totally. This is why. This is why we're so bad at this, and why we never ever prep because yeah. we don't prepare names like this. This is our normal setup right here. Anyways, first now we're back to normal. <laughs> first Sicario, phenomenal, amazing film. Second Sicario starts off just like how you want it started it's it's great we got a couple of little storylines going we're moving in the right directions but they they lost it somewhere then it went bad in a couple of spots it it starts to get towards that ending really well you're like oh hell yeah this is going right like this is so kick ass and then that last like 10 minutes it totally just kind of not even 10 last five minutes and seven minutes, maybe even it just like completely drops the ball. It it doesn't feel like it finishes off its story very well. And then we're just at mm-hmm. the ending. Shout out to Emily Blunt, by the Emily way. Emily Blunt. Um, hell, oh my girl, God. Don't worry, girl. You're going to win an Oscar. Emily, okay. you absolutely need uh, one. For, if you don't win an Oscar for quiet Place, you'll get uh, one for Mary Poppins. <laughs> Either right. way, she's getting one this year. We're going to riot because, yeah. Yeah, I will have my Emily Blunt for uh, Best Actress uh, for sure ready to go this year. Freaking down. Absolutely. You will be my pick on all my polls for any um, Oscar nominations. So, but Sicario de de la Soledad, it just, it fell flat, man. I I almost gave it a four, honestly. Um, I probably should have. But I think that first one keeps it just a little bit there. And it had some good edge to it still. And it had some good moments still where it creeped into the tier three for me. But it just it 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 ended really poorly, unfortunately. Yeah, I did not get a chance to see it yet. I did have uh, my buddy that I normally go to the movies with uh, did go and see it um, without me which mm-hmm. was fine, but, yeah. and he said pretty much the same thing. So yeah, I was kind of, just, I was to see if you had the same take as he, he did. Uh, Cause he's not as, he's not a big, as a big a film lover as you. So, yeah, so, and you know, he's not as sophisticated in his, uh, in his way of, he was just like, his, ah, it was okay. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't as good as the first one. It was it was just okay. Yeah, and it really wasn't, but it's still a good flick, you know. Um I, I did have a really annoying like twelve year old child with his mom in there that was just way just like I mean, the kid just was trying to be so hard and ghetto, and it was driving me crazy, and I, that might have pulled a little bit. That's why I want to give it a three, because I'm thinking maybe that distracted me a little bit. The more you think on it, maybe it'll drop back to a four. Yeah, and then now the more I've thought about it, and as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, maybe it did drop into a four. Uh, maybe it wasn't just the annoying kid behind me talking about how he'd go block a block on people. Uh, so, uh, other than that, uh, the first Purge. Uh, yeah, it's a Purge. Mo- it's a Purge movie, man. It's not anything uh, special. The problem is, you know, the first three Purge movies were very much kind of like. Um, you know, well, one percent versus the ninety-nine. It was very much about economics, and this one really just turned it straight into race. Uh, it went straight for the jugular on we are going to make this a black versus white film, and in, in my opinion, on there. And the thing that kind of sucked about that though is it it took a really good steps to showing that economic difference on it, especially because that's kind of what the Purge movies have always been about, mm-hmm. and it just it really went bad man and i felt really bad because 
I didn't feel like it carried its theme well. And that's one of the things like it's kind of been my guilty pleasure kind of movies like the purges have always kind of been like my guilty pleasure. Like this is gonna be my nonsense movie for the day. I'm going to go, I'm going to go turn off for two hours and I'll see you guys in about an hour 40. Yeah. And I couldn't do that here. Cause I was so like, why, like, why are we taking this road? Like, it feels like they just, they got lucky. Like, here's the thing with the purge movie. Like they got lucky with this film because immediately as soon as they stopped building these great, amazing characters in this neighborhood, they were just like, screw it. We'll kill them. Like they had the, the cheat and the retcon, if you will, or the story mechanic to just go, ah, we're lost with how to treat this. So we'll kill them. Oh, so they, they, uh, George R. R. Martin them. Yeah, it was bad, man. It <laughs> I don't sucked. know what to do with this character anymore. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, it really sucked. Like we had this really cool story of, you know, of like the head guy who kind of was running the gangs and stuff like that. And they did a they, it was kind of funny that they turned this really bad dude, this gang, you know, head of this gang into a the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. The problem was is these characters they had around him that were actually kind of pretty cool, like his his right hands and stuff like that. They were just like, ah, we don't know what the fuck to do with these people, so we'll kill them. <laughs> like, we're just going to shoot them all at one time, and then everybody was gone and dead, and then you just had uh, the guy. And you were like, what the shit, man? Like, this could have been something awesome. So and we went into for, Black Rambo. <laughs> just for some of us who are not purge fans or maybe have never watched any of the movies before do you classify the purge as a horror film in the sense of like it's going to make you jump or a horror film in the sense of like hack and slash like just blood and gore uh it's not blood and gore yeah it's more of a thriller it's not it's more of an action horror than like a a grotesque horror kind of film it's definitely more you know they usually have a decent little underlying story in them about you know the differences in socioeconomic areas you know and that that what makes that difference and how you know if you do not have the funds to protect yourself you're kind of a second class citizen in people's eyes mm. and and this one kind of really ramped that theme up and it was awesome but rather than making it a story and like a, a actual like a tale of what could be done or how depressing it is that you'll never get out of the hole they just really flipped it on its head and, and just kind of made some really hey. shit decisions at the end of that film that really bummed me out mm. it happens i mean you're going to break a few eggs. You're going to make an omelet, right? Well, and you know, I had this lady next <laughs> to me. I, I had a lady next to me and she was there with her kid. You know, her kid's, you know, like 13, oh. 14. And that's, oh. you know, not bad. That's you know, not you know, yeah. the kid can make his own decisions at that point. And we're having a good conversation. You know, we're having this really cool conversation. Like, what do you think of the other Purge movies? And he's like, man, these are so cool. I love these films. Like, they're just, I, you know, I think it's so cool that, you know, you have people rising up against, you know, the, the, the 1%. And I was like, oh, you know, that's cool, man. And she's like, you know what? She, and she was in my boat. She's like, I just like them because they're kind of dumb. She's like, they're kind of, you know, they're just kind of dumb movies. And at the end of the film, I looked over to, I was like, what'd you think? She was like, that was really dumb. <laughs> I didn't know. Was really, really she dumb. was like, that was bad. That was really, really dumb. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I agree. So yeah, it was whatever. Like I said, I gave it a four. Oh, with that being said, um, I think we're going to save, um, we're going to save some Jurassic World and some Ant-Man talk for another time. There's a lot of talk for those. A lot of talk. Yeah. So we'll, we'll hold off on those and let's just get right to the meat of it. And let's 
because I feel like we just that that felt a little bummer there for a moment. Was, yeah, that. first purge was a bummer for we sure. Need to, we need to move this back in the right direction. Let's talk about some hard speed loud. Hard speed loud. Let's get back. Let's end this thing on a high note. Mm. <laughs> mm. So love it, love it, love it, love it. You know how big of a Nick Offerman fan I am too. Um, huge fan of a Nick huge, Offerman myself. Huge, huge fan. Um, I actually buy audiobooks that he reads just so I can listen to his sultry voice. As you should. So, it's fantastic. Um, um, the other thing I have a recommendation for you if you have not watched it already. Oh, he oh, is a father in a film. He's not in it a whole lot, but he plays a great father in it. On a movie called Kings of Summer. And if you haven't watched it, I can't recommend it enough. Awesome movie, and you'll dig it. All right. It's on my list. Yeah. On my list. Kings of Summer. Kings of Summer. Last year. Summer. Last year's probably one of my favorite indie movies of last year. Ooh. I dig it. Yeah. I dig. You've never steered me wrong yeah. yet. It, it's, except, for, except for the new Ghostbusters. But uh, well, you know, that's a whole other story. Save that for another day. Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I suppose they've let a lot of people wrong go to the new Ghostbusters, <laughs> but I don't believe I have. Hearts Beat Loud, um, starring, of course, Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens. Uh, yes. Also, Ted Danson uh, is in it. He plays an amazing character as well. Right. Tony Collette uh, was one of my favorite yeah. pieces of this film, too. Like, she did a really good job. And she wasn't yeah. in it a whole lot, but she played a great character. She did. She, yeah, there were some parts I didn't love about her character, but it was good. It was good. But she played it, that, that character yes. was done well. Yeah, her, her performance was was amazing. Yes, absolutely. Didn't love the character, but her portrayal of character was great. So the other one is the the girlfriend in this. Um, I'm looking at the IMDb. Her name is the play, girl who played Rose, uh, yeah. Sasha Lane. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking up her IMDb, and I I just I don't know. She's done nothing that I know of. Like, is this really her first film? I think there's there's like quite a um what she's done. In, what is that? American Honey. It says American yeah, Honey, Born in Maelstrom, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, and then Hearts Beat Loud. Oh, she's going to be in Hellboy. <laughs> She'll be in the new Hellboy. There you go. But hashtag, still hashtag not my Hellboy. Yeah, hashtag um, not my Hellboy. Yeah, no, she looks like she's a one, two, three. And she's got like three or four movies that are going to be coming out here yeah. in the next year. All so, I got to say is good for you, Sasha, to land Hearts Beat Loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You got on the right train because um, – and and, and – let's be honest and say this movie is not ha- does not have a full um theatrical release right now it does um, not no it is, it is limited yeah um and it reminds me a lot of of shape of water when it first came out um an amazing amazing film that was just you you couldn't see it you, you had to really look for it to find it um unless you were in great movie going cities like myself well, that's true, you know. Or if you have a great, <laughs> if you have a great indie indie film theater, yeah, uh, you're you're going to be able to find it. Um, but it, it's just it breaks my heart, pun intended, on that one. <laughs> breaks my heart that it's not in more theaters because it is. It's just an amazing film. It is an amazing, amazing film. I'm going to come right out and just tell you it's it is a tier one for me. It is my. And I know you're going to agree with me. It is my movie of the year so far. Um, Shape of Water is still my favorite movie I've seen in 2018, but that's a 2017 film. 2017 it, film. Yeah, it is the number one movie of 2018, in my opinion, so far. Um, and, and it's going to be, I'm like, come at me, bro. It's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, no. And the only thing that would even get close is A Quiet Place right now. And and here's the reason. You know, there's two reasons why these movies are so different, though, right? Mm -hmm. Because what 
you know, they were able to do with A Quiet Place what, you know, Krasinski was able to do there was everything through sound and his cinematography. His lack of – absolutely, right? His sound, his cinematography, and all those things that were around that film was what made that so good. Mm-hmm. All of the words, the lyrics, the acting – of hearts beat loud is what makes this the right film and the right film. And it it hits on all parts for me. It hits on acting on the, the actual story itself. Absolutely. And of course the music is, is amazing music. Oh, it's other level. It doesn't have cinematography, but it doesn't need it. It's not that type of movie. Um, it, it really isn't one. It's one that you could, you know, you just don't need those flashy, you know, trick moments with the camera like quiet place does an amazing job with its cinematography like i'm thinking about when the little girl's standing there and you can't hear anything and it's a moment where everything everything's silent and then you see the creature behind her or when they're in the when they're when they're in the still right with all the corn and everything's echoing off that loud metal all of a sudden right like that is other level stuff right there yeah yeah and so hearts beat loud doesn't have moments like that but it has over the top acting, storytelling, and music, and and it's just such a. I don't want to get too crazy on this, but we're in such a. Let's be honest, like it's it's a difficult place in human history. Let's just leave it at that. I mean, it is. It's worldwide. It's you know we're not in like the greatest. This isn't like the golden years of. Of well, and, and here's and here's know? here's what I'll, I'll. This movie though is such a feel good movie that like makes you like love life and love and and just love other people too. But here's here's what I'll, I'll say with that though. You talk about like in this world, it's not so great right now. What what's not so what's the thing that's going on here is we're being fed so much information at one time that mm-hmm. it, it it's it's over sensory right it's it's yes. that it, there's so much of that it's so much going on and we have so much more knowledge than we've ever had before in our lives in the history of this planet and what hearts beat loud does so well is it slows you down and lets you live three weeks of someone's life yep and that's what I think this movie does so well is it puts you in and I think you know the timeline might be a little more a little less but it's about that's a about right. it's about a 3 week period all right because you start at the beginning of the month and he's not paying rent and by the end of it we're closing down the store so we're in a 3 to 4 yeah. week period and it's before she goes to college so there's it's yeah, yeah. it's all right there right yeah. it's a, it's a 3 it's to- the end of summer it's the end of summer break before the beginning of college yeah and- we're we're basically in a month of someone's life and it's a life that every single person can relate to, mm-hmm. that everybody knows someone is that person or knows of someone that has lived this life as well. Whatever the theme of it is, closing a business, losing your child to college, growing up as a single parent, you know, as a single uh, parent home, being a single parent. And what this film having parents elderly parents that are like going through absolutely difficult difficult times yeah dating as an adult i mean every single thing that captured this is it captured a real life and it made you feel a part of it everything from you know going a place where they know your name ted danson behind the bar you know they he couldn't even get out of that character but once again it's a care you know it's something we were all so familiar with that we've lived that life but what was so great about it is it wasn't overdone 
it no. wasn't overacted on it it wasn't this like how great is my life or anything like that it was something that we all had empathy for we all know what could have come from that and i felt like there was nothing hollywood about this flick no. it, it felt genuine it felt genuine it felt real authentic yeah it just it felt like i that camera was my vision of everything going on yeah it was all i think if you want to sum it up it was all about relationship 100 percent. very Absolutely. very much about relational relational being um and Whew. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you a quick story real quick because I, I got to get this out. Um, I've told, I think I told you about this. Yeah, I did. Um, and I told a couple other people about it. So I, I drove 25 miles to see this movie. I would have gladly drove, drove twice as far to see it. Um, super psyched, super small theater, very old theater, very small screen, not very non-forgiving seats. I mean, I'm talking like, this is like, outdated they're cutting you off like under the shoulder right there it was bad <laughs> it, was, it was like sitting in the bleachers at a at a baseball game bad. oh yeah um hard seats yeah they don't they don't move at all um and the, the the room probably seats less than 50 people i mean it's that it's a small 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 indie theater um dude behind me um that first the first kiss uh, start saying some stuff that was very homophobic and racial. And yeah. I, uh, I, I up having to talk with, with my, my kids afterwards. Cause they were actually with me and they heard what was going on. Oh, gosh. I had to talk with them about it about, and of course they were upset about it as well. Like just how, you know what, we have to understand that, you know, there's other generations, blah, 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 but that's, that's just not, it's not okay. Like, no, and I'm glad that we're, you know, I'm glad that we're moving into a space where where that type of stuff I'd like to think happens less often well, than it used to. And it's the dinosaurs. Uh, it's going away the dinosaurs, man. It's it's gonna but, be dead real soon. Here's what I will say is by the end of the, the end of the movie, I don't think that gentleman was still in the theater. And I'm glad I, I it's it's kind of a sad glad. I'm glad that he wasn't there to to say the things that he was saying, especially when I had kids with me. Um but I kind of wish that, like, I wish you'd stuck around because I think maybe you would have learned something about life. Well, and that might have oh. been the reason why he left is maybe it got too real. You know, people yeah. that are saying shit like that and trying to put shit down and and trying to make it feel like it's less human by saying shit like that and saying homophobic slurs and talking about race as, as, if, uh -huh. as if he is elite towards that and what was going on. You know, it probably was hitting him too hard. And, you know, yeah. that's a way for people to sit there and they are uncomfortable because they have, they're hoping someone's going to join in with them on that. Yeah. And so, y'all giving silence to that probably stopped a lot of that from him. Yeah. So I, you know, the good, the good news is it did not at all deter or ruin my experience, but you know, we're storytellers too, at the end of the day. And when I got a story to tell about a movie, whether it's hostile, seeing my two blue haired, blue-haired ladies in the theater and making bets about how long they were going to stay, you know, or you, you know, going to watch black Panther, um, with, I, I see you remember her name. I always forget her name. Oh, um, now you're not going to remember. I'm it. not going to remember it now that you put me on spot. spot. 
Yeah. I keep, I keep putting you on the spot all day, so we'll just let it go. No, but I love that lady, and I and I love James at or, at what uh, yeah. wants to be my neighbor. Or the or the is this Jumanji? Is this Jumanji? <laughs> yeah, that's a great as well. Yeah, probably the greatest line ever spoken to me in the theater um, while watching Shape of Water. Um, <laughs> great moment. Right before the but, right before right after the egg timer went off. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> but the the stories that come out of watching movies is is just there's sometimes there's sometimes as good and sometimes better than the movie. Um, this was not better than the movie, of course. But um, I think it just it just hit home for like, man, this is as great as this movie is and as good as a mood it puts me in. It makes me, and I think this is why I wanted to bring this up. It makes me want to step up my game with how I treat other people. Um, and be more conscientious about the things that I say and the things that I do, um, even unknowingly, because I I want to give people credit. Like sometimes they say things that are insensitive without meaning to be, but it's because we don't stop and we don't do what our mama told us to do, which is like think think about what you're going to say before you say it. Yeah. Um, and so I think there was a check for me to go like, hey, have I ever done that before? Like, man, I really I need to check myself to make sure that I'm I'm showing love because I this movie to me is about relationship and it's about love. Um, it's about the love that a father has for his mother who is in a bad situation mentally and just doing some crazy stuff and getting herself arrested and, you know, bless her heart. It's about a, a father loving his daughter and trying to encourage her to pursue her dreams and not just, and not give up on, on things that she loves um, it's about a girl who is afraid to express her love for her girlfriend, right? You got that element. It's about friendship. It's about, like you said, the single dad that lost his wife and is trying, you know, is trying to make it in this world and trying to figure out like, what do I, what is, what is it the, that I need to hold on to? You know, is it my love for music? Is it my love for records? Is it, you know love for my daughter and trying to find themselves in the world. It, it's just such a powerful movie. Um, I'm going to stop talking for a moment. And let you talk. Cause yeah. Uh, and I, I, uh, I think you're hitting all the right notes, man. And I, I wouldn't disagree with anything. Um, my biggest takeaway from all this honestly was the theme for me was not just so much relationships, but it was, it was growing. It was growing emotionally and, and, and growing intellectually. Mm-hmm. And and I I want to talk about that growing right because it's it's the father himself Nick Offerman looking at his daughter and making her realize and trying to tell her you do not have to make sacrifices to get the things that you're dreaming for mm. do not concede to the fact that you feel there has to be sacrifices because she even tells him in the film like. Why, why are you paying for these things? Why aren't you focusing on your work and your job? Why aren't you doing these things? And, it, and it's not his response is one of my favorite parts of this film is why not? I'll make it work. Why are you worrying about me? Mm-hmm. This is for you. This is to help you and to and, you know, and, you know, some people might think of it as him being selfish and him trying to hide from what's going on. 
And I honestly he's think still it chasing his own dreams. Yeah. So you, you know, he, you know, there's him chasing his own dreams and, and, you know, and yeah, there is, he wants to hold on to his daughter and not lose her, you know, but I think what I saw the most from that is showing, you know, because one of the big pieces that you just don't, you know, you, and man, I'm going to bring it back to, I can only imagine, right. Yeah, is yeah. get out of that dream world and, and constantly having people above you and around you telling you, get out of that dream, get your yeah. head out of the clouds and, and be realistic and be in the real world. And what Nick Offerman's character does so well in this film is it shows his daughter that she does not have to compromise a damn thing to live the life she wants to live. She doesn't have to sacrifice or compromise her love, whoever it's with the school she wants to be at and the career she sees or the things that she loves and can't wait to do more of, which is right. sing and create music. Yeah. And I, and I think there's this big like push towards let's get rid of the words. I can't hundred percent. Cause she's stuck in this zone of like, I can't do this. I shouldn't do it. Like, and he, that's what I, I think the the part of that relationship I love with it being, you know, Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens of father daughter is just the, the, the love and encouragement that comes from Nick Offerman to really push her to, to stop saying, I can't start saying, I can't start embracing life, start being excited about the choices you're making. And, and yeah, man. God, I love this movie. I do too, um, and I, and I think I think that's the I think you put it into perfect words for me because it's him realizing all those times that he said I can't and I can't do these things, and now he's having to do that with his mom, who's at a point where she's like, I can't give away my house, I can't give this life up, and yeah. he's telling him, Don't worry about it. Let me help you. Let's do this together. Let's do this the right way. And I think you're right. I think that stop saying I can't. And, you know, and, and, you know, uh, shout out to our boy, Kevin Smith, you know, surround yourself with more people who stop asking why and start asking why not. Right. Right. And it's just, yeah, I think if, if, if you don't leave that movie inspired to co to do thing do something differently, whether it's like I said, whether it's how you treat other people and really being thoughtful about that, whether it's going, you know what? I've been chasing this dream or I've been thinking about this dream that I've always had forever. Like go do it. Like people, you have dreams for a reason. Dreams aren't there just to like, for you to escape to like dreams are there to inspire you. And you know, if I can say anything to people like believe that you can do anything because the human mind is an amazing, amazing thing. And when you set your mind to something and you truly believe that you can do it, man, yeah, the, the world is your oyster. The world you know? is your oyster. And it's not that entitlement that you're hearing so much, you know, about how, you know, current generations, whatever, you know, they're entitled, they're entitled. Don't don't feel like you're just owed whatever this is. Right. And I'm going to bring this back to now. Uh, won't you be my neighbor is, you know, people shit on Mr. Rogers all the time for creating this this world of entitled millennials is what they talked about. And that wasn't his deal. He wasn't trying to tell people you're owed anything. He's telling people to go fight for it, to love what you do and go be inspired what you're doing. I think heartbeat hearts beat loud. You talked about be inspired when you leave this film. And I talked about, you know, I wanted some mindless nonsense with the purge. What this movie did is it made me mindful and it, yeah. and it made my, 
made me think about other things and other ways that I react and talk and I'm concerned with what I'm doing, what the world is doing. And what was great about this film and why it made it such a big move for me and is definitely a tier one for me as well is it was a movie that helped you be mindful and yeah. mindful about whatever it is. Whatever hits you in this film, it, it will hit you with something. I guarantee it will. Yeah, if you don't leave, here's my last thing I want to say. If you don't leave this movie with your heart full, that's not on the movie. That's on you. Mm-hmm. And and just real talk. <laughs> real talk with Beacon. Absolutely. Take a moment to stop and think about, like, why? Why am I not? Why is my heart not full right now? Why am I not, like, just filled with, like, joy right now? Because that movie... I left with a big old smile on my face, dude. And you know what? I sat for the, I don't know, it was an hour and 40 minutes or so, hour and 45 minutes, almost two hours, in an uncomfortable seat, watching a small screen, 25 miles away from home, having to drive and get in, into traffic just to get there. You know, not the greatest movie watching experience as, as far as I would say, you know, sitting in my home theater, you know, feeling comfortable, <laughs> um, but man, I would not trade it for anything. I would drive another 25 miles back out there to watch it again right now. Yeah. If it was playing right you know, if it was playing right now, but it's not. Absolutely. No, a hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, a, a film that is for all the generations. It's for anybody that wants to watch a great film. And here's the thing. Even if there is something that doesn't hit you and doesn't strike a chord, and maybe you know what? Maybe you're living that great life right now, and you're like, man, I already think like that, y'all. What's going on? Out of anything else, you'll enjoy the hell out of this film because, once again, we talked about it, the pure joy of some of this film is just in how great the music is as well. Kiersey Clemens has pipes, dude. She can freaking sing. There is something so real about her voice and the way she sings. It was absolutely transcendent on this flick. I loved it. And I didn't know, you know, I tell you, I'm a big Nick Offerman fan. I know that he loves working with wood, like in like creating things with his hands. Like, I know this, like, I know this about the man. Um, I didn't know that he was that musically inclined and that he enjoys music, making music as much as he enjoys making things with his hands. And the song that he does for his, for his wife, for his late wife, Close oh, your eyes, shut your eyes, shut your shut eyes. Your eyes yeah. Um, dude, uh, that song goes through my head, dude. Like before we even started this cast, like I was thinking about that song, Yeah. like amazing song. And the, the, the two other songs that Kiersey Clemens does, Blink and Heartbeat Loud, phenomenal song, phenomenal lyrics, like Absolutely. amazing lyrics. Um, man, yeah, I can't agree enough. Yeah, th- those were phenomenal. It's what it is, singing truth. Yep, absolutely. And for me, the, not only me was the music just absolutely phenomenal, other level. But, you know, Nick Offerman, you know, the big thing I knew about him, and it doesn't it actually didn't surprise me at all how musically inclined he was because he always talks about how he's a man of artisanship, right, and artistry. Yeah. And he loves, you know, that artisanal setups of making things and creating something and having a skill. And, and for him to go and, and be able to play guitar and to be – you know, have some sort of tempo and being able to carry a note does not surprise me at all because he's just a genuine dude. And that's something that genuine people are usually pretty decent at. So, 
and and I don't know, if, like if you catch this every time, like it it gets me a little choked up when I'm listening to that song. It's about halfway through. There's this moment where he kind of like takes a breath. Yep. And it's like, and he's almost getting choked up before he starts the next verse. And you're like, ooh, like it's man, it's so good. It is such such a great performance by the two of them. Um, and, and another thing about Nick Offerman. So um, I've only ever seen him. Well, I uh, take that back. Most of what you see him in or I've seen him in is in comedy in comedy, comedic situations. I mean, he's freaking Ron Swanson, dude, you know, got to love the man. The only other serious role I've ever I think I can remember seeing him in was Fargo uh, season two. He played the uh, the drunk lawyer. OK. Um, and he he killed that role as well. Fantastic yeah, job with yeah. it. But it was a more it was kind of moving a little bit more towards serious, but it had a lot of silly parts to it. And even though there's some funny moments uh, throughout this this movie, for the most part, it's a pretty serious role that he's playing. Um, and he just knocks it out of the park. And the way that his different little facial expressions he makes, different little mood like body language he uses um on top of of course the the you know the acting skills just all around just just great performance by him uh fantastic job and i i can't say enough about kiersey clemens she's just she's fantastic amazing yes absolutely uh i i can't agree enough with you on that kind of stuff and here here's my thing so nick offerman um yeah the kings of summer was the one of those other films where he plays a great father. It's not to be in there to be the, um, you know, comic, comic relief or anything like that. Um, but he also was in uh, Founder with uh, Michael Keaton. He's one of the McDonald brothers and uh, the original founder, you know, the original creators of that. And he did really well in that as well. So, uh, those are the two pieces that I, I hold him in really, really high regard for on that. And I knew he had some great ability and some great range for this role, mm. which made me so, so excited to watch him in it. Yeah, just cannot, cannot say enough. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it, Kings of Summer 2013. I thought it was, I thought it was like two, three years ago. So 2013, so. Yeah, so again, big, big shout out to to Brett Haley. Um, magnificent, magnificent job directing this film. Um, Nick Offerman, Kiersey Clemens, great, great job together. Um, Ted Danzing, Tony Collette, uh, Sasha Lane, just yeah. who, phenomenal performance. Also, whoever wrote the music for all this, um, great on you as well. So yeah, I ha- I uh, it's uh, Keegan Dewitt. Okay, Keegan there you DeWitt. go. Music uh, guy. Yeah, Keegan Dewitt. Yeah did all the, all the actual, um, uh, the arrangements and, and those songs are, are his. So it's, yeah. it's his music. Um, but, uh, what I love about the soundtrack is, is credit is given of course to Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens for their parts in the, in, in the, yeah, in the music. Those, Absolutely. Those songs that were created by Keegan, but then sung by Kiersey Clemens and Nick Offerman. Yeah. So 
So huge shout out to uh, Brett Haley. Um, you have you assembled a great cast and crew, and uh, really put something absolutely special together yeah. that needs to be recognized in any way, shape, or form. We can get this movie recognized. So, uh, yeah. I I will definitely be plugging you away for the rest of the year, letting people yep. know to go watch this, and uh, I'll probably be buying a couple of copies uh, for yep. some people to give out as gifts because it is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great idea when it comes out on 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 uh on this to buy some for gifts um and it and hopefully 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 it gets nominated for some awards because if it doesn't win best original song um yeah i'm gonna have, I'm gonna have some real beef yeah original beef. original music will be tough for this to get beat uh i think any of the acting from either kiersey clemens or nick offerman will be tough to beat honestly uh, for supporting roles and lead and honestly uh brett um i'm speaking to you because i know you're going to tune into this and probably i don't know actually but you know i'm sure you're a big <laughs> fan of the show brett uh i've been with us since day one <laughs> um that would be awesome by the way <laughs> i i really hope you get like a screenplay a director anything like that because like yeah. i said you, you this is absolutely a great team that you put together here to make a phenomenal film and uh even if it doesn't get some of the big stuff the oscars i know you're going to clean house and all the other award stuff because this is this is something that has to be recognized and, and cherished and, and celebrated it's special yeah and what's funny is um the last kind of little bit you know to kind of end in this conversation with is um i just kind of wanted to just we we did a little bit of this but look at the three number ones that we have so we have Hearts Beat Loud, we have Quiet Place, and for me, Shape Shape of Water was there. And just how how different those three movies are. Those are my only three movies that are tier one out of the 50, whatever, 55, 56 movies I've seen this year. Uh, those are the best of the best, and they're, they all three do things differently. They all three are just, we talk about Shape of Water, like touches on like emotions, like it is, it is a movie that really hones in on emotions and it uses it uses emotion to really drive well, the movie. What that, place, what that course, movie does, down. what Shape of Water does really well with its emotion though, is it uses the characters, it uses the set pieces uh -huh. to create that emotion. Yes. And Absolutely. Quiet Place does it through its sound. Yes, or lack of or sound. Or lack yeah. of sound, right? You know, once again, you have to do that through your characters and what's going on around them and that sound. And then with this, it's it's once again, it's that pure character, right? It's, it's you know, it's something different and amazing. And then once again, through the sound, something with all three of these films. Um, oh, that's a good, good point. You know, sound does carry. It's carrying a theme. It really is. And having great music and having great environment and ambiance and that those things are right there for these films. Um, and two of them have deaf girls, so there you go. Nate. Gotta love that. <laughs> water, yeah, that's a good point. When the, the main characters are are uh, are deaf, I take so. that back. I'm sorry. Shape of Water had a mute girl. She could hear you. She just oh, couldn't that's speak. Right. That's right. Sorry. And oh, yeah, God. we're we're gonna. I'll What's clarify that. And then yes, uh, quiet Don't place had deaf girl. <laughs> Once again, like, send all your hate mail to Jack.Malice, everybody. Jack.Malice loves your hate mail. <laughs> well, hey, um, you know, 
shout out to uh last shout out for me is to um our boy absolute zero who by the way is killing i think he's at 68 movies jeez louise um, absolutely that's a shame he's got an article coming out soon and we'll we'll make sure to uh to throw some love his way i got a chance to read it and he you know he throws our love our way as well kind of talking about uh some of the things that he does differently now because of the quest oh nice like Dude, it's it's fantastic. I don't want to spoil the the read, but things like uh, there's three main theaters he goes to, to where he knows he doesn't watch trailers anymore. Yeah, and so he knows like when I go to Regal, I know that you know it's when the uh, the college the college movie little short film Coca Cola thing comes on. That's my cue to go in. When I go to this theater, it's when they they have the on the screen with all the popcorn pop, and that's when I go in. On this one, I know it's about 10 minutes, you know, so he's got little cues Good for him, to know man. when to walk in a theater to just completely avoid watching trailers. Yeah, absolute man it, of my heart, dude. And and we've tweeted at you a couple of times about it. Yeah, trailers are, yeah, totally got to skip those things. I hate trailers, especially, especially, and he called it out, Mission Impossible Fallout, bro. Dude. I'm so, so tired of seeing that. <laughs> Poor Mamma Mia. If I have to watch Mission Impossible Fallout or Mamma Mia trailers one more time, Oh, but here's the thing though i would rather watch now that we've gotten so far into those films oh, the yeah. other one is skyscraper for me uh yes that, yeah. that last the last theatrical trailer so those three films gave away too much stuff for i me. i would rather them just keep plugging those in there and giving me so the longest versions ever so every other trailer is super short and they don't ruin the other films so um so i did get to watch, go to a new theater i'll just end with this i, I did get to go to a new theater and one of the things I loved about it is the trailers were only about, I don't want to say it was less than 10 minutes. It was like three trailers, then boom, we hit the movie. And I was like, that right there is the way to roll. Three movies, call it quits. Alamo Draft House. So they just do their own pre-show stuff and they give you the tiny short trailers and then roll in, man. I Honestly, my dream is to franchise open one of those things. So, Oh, dude. Uh, I need uh, Alamo Draft House. You're taste that dream, bro. You just you just made my dream board, Alamo Draft House. You just made my dream board. Yep, you're gonna go hearts beat loud that thing, man. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll encourage you every every step of the way, dude. <laughs> Good. I plan on you running the damn thing for me eventually one day. I would. You would have to open it up, uh, um, rather than California. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm a, one of these days after you retire, you're gonna come move back, and I'm just. You're gonna be the guy that takes the ticket stubs, dude. You just there you go. That hey, I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'll be like high five, high fiving people. What you doing? What's up? I'll be wearing my friends don't let friends quest alone. Friends t-shirt. don't let friends quest alone. Absolutely. Gotta have them made first, but you know. Yep, we'll get some. I think we should get some of those made up. We speaking out loud and thinking anyways uh that hits us a little over an hour man so i know we have two more films uh, that we'll need to talk about on another episode another show uh well, but be stay tuned for uh jurassic world fall or fallen kingdom and uh ant-man and the wasp um yeah. lastly once again hearts beat loud hearts beat loud hearts beat loud this is episode 10 a big number 10 and i think we did it the right way you know kind of getting yeah. it a double digits we had a phenomenal phenomenal film to talk about with these double digits so absolutely uh, i'm super stoked for it i loved it i can't wait to talk more about it I, I was immediately tweeting about it as soon as i got done watching it yes and uh everybody needs to watch this film as far as i'm concerned so. i was too that one of my first tweets went to uh brett brett haley kiersey clemens and nick offerman like you 
I just I, I I just threw it at Arts Beat Loud, but I'm glad you hit all of well, them. that too. I no, I I threw it at them as well. They yeah. Love it. So please, everybody do us all a favor and find it. I don't care how far you have to drive, find this movie, Hearts Beat Loud, Hearts Beat Loud, and go watch it, please. Yes. And then and then tweet at us. Um that's at quest at quest for movies. Quest for movies. At Quest for Movies on Twitter. Tweet at us your experience, your thoughts on uh, Hearts Beat Loud. Make sure that you include the at Hearts Beat Loud as well so that we can give some love to that movie. Uh, you can also, you know, add in Brett Haley or Nick Offerman or Kiersey Clemens, of course. Feel free to to hit them up and, and express your love for their their film because it's amazing and it deserves a lot, a lot, a lot of recognition and a lot of love. So. 100% man can't agree enough so with that being said Bcon where can everybody find you man yeah hey if you want to follow me on twitter uh, Bcon underscore malice corp uh, check me out there uh, of course check out the website www.malice-corp.com um, for all kinds of articles releases um, and all kinds of other amazing podcasts uh, that we do over there yeah absolutely uh on the big pop of matt on twitter but you can more than anything if you want to join this conversation you can hit up us uh hit us up at either of those two or come straight to us at quest for movies on twitter let us know what you think uh tear up your movies as well let us know what you think where they land um i know i was telling beacon we forgot some big movies last time we talked about on the alien flicks we got to put those on there as well yeah. so be on the lookout for our next episode episode 11 where we'll throw some more things on tears we'll have a couple extra movie for y'all but more than any Anything, let us know what you think about great films what you're doing with yeah. them where you're love... seeing them i would love to see where you guys are watching some of these movies if you guys have yeah. a favorite theater a place that you love or things that you hate at a theater uh oh, let us know yeah. about that as well we have a ton of fun with it uh shout out to absolute zero always out there always supporting the show as well thank you man we do appreciate you as well and yep. um with that being said uh thank you all so much for tuning in remember to like subscribe uh download the show give us reviews wherever you get uh quest for 100 and with all that being said man remember don't let your friends friends don't fr let friends quest alone yeah uh, we gotta do that one more time friends oh, and don't friends let friend. don't let friends quest alone we'll, we'll get it eventually one of these days yeah, one of these times we'll have it figured out yeah. all you guys need to know is thank you very much and have a great night peace then let us be rid of it once and for all it's a dangerous business Frodo going out your door you step onto the road and if you don't keep your feet there's no knowing where you might be swept off to bye bye boys have fun storming the castle think it'll work it would take a miracle bye bye, bye.